Live from the internet, it's the Slam Dunklers! Welcome to our 983 viewers who are watching us on Twitch. Hopefully get some more. Um, Joe here with John. John was doing some streaming. We felt like uh, doing a live cast, and we got our 100th Facebook like about five minutes ago. Some random person, Woo! some random guy I was trading with online liked us, and there we go. So Nice. Yeah, well, we're doing all right here. Getting up there and all that stuff. Not the worst. I know. He's coming up Millhouse. I've been running hot this week, so. Oh, here's a here's a random non-magic story. I was going to uh, I was going to pick up Kai. We went to uh, a friend's birthday party. I uh, I miss his street, and I get pulled over by a cop because I thought it was a turn lane. Thought it was yeah. a turn lane. It's brutal, right? And I, I have a bad history yeah. of getting pulled over and cops and all that stuff. Um, guy yeah. walks up to me. He's like, "Hey, Joe Shea." I look up. He's like, "He's like." Hi. He's like, he's like, how do I know you? I was like, oh, I went to high school with you. Hi, Lon. So I ran into some guy from high school. It turned out to be a cop. So we're good. Yeah, just good, good, solid weekend so far. I, nice. I got three, I got three packs from Collectors, Modern Masters, pulled the Tarmogoyf. We're doing really well this week. This week turned out pretty well. I, I can trump that, Joe Shea. I got, oh. I got free Chipotle. How'd you do that, John? <laughs> so Ando and I post workout, we're we're going into Chipotle. Get you and Ando work out? Yeah, yeah, dude, we work out all the time. I'm getting jacked. It'll have guns on stream. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, I'm going to kill myself. But <laughs> um, So we're, we're, we're in Chipotle, and uh, we order a burrito bowl. Uh, you can't even see my bicep. I just saw the delay. Um, <laughs> we're getting a burrito bowl, and uh, I'm checking out. The lady rings it up. She's like, you want chips? I'm like, yeah, I'll take chips. And she's like, uh, oh, it's going to be, I don't know, like nine nine eighty seven or something. I don't, I don't know. So, oh, I'm like, oh, you can put his on too because Ando's after me. She's like, oh, okay. She asks him, do you want chips? He goes, oh, yeah, I'll take chips too. And she like, for some reason, takes my chips out of the bag with the burrito bowl in it. And she puts his chips in. And she's like, oh, it's going to be uh, $16.92. I'm like, okay. And I like kind of like looking at the chips. I'm like, oh, she's like, oh there's two chips. So she like presses the button, adds the chips. It's eighteen something. I like have this my card. This story is like, so boring. It is. I'm holding my card out. I'm like, take the card, and she's like, has this confused look on her face, <laughs> and I have no idea why. She's like confused, and she like goes, uh, and she like like reaches down behind the register, takes out the scanner, scans this card, and she's like, uh, it's gonna be nine eighty seven. I'm like, uh, okay. Random free. I look at the receipt and it's just like chicken burrito bowl with guac, zero dollars. I'm like, mm, yeah. It's the stash. So it, it might have been the stash. I don't know. I actually, <laughs> uh, I was in Florida this week for work and uh, there was this one waiter guy had like a handlebar mustache, like yeah. like like a full out handlebar. He, he like walks behind me. He's like, hey ma'am, do you need anything? Calls me <laughs> calls me a woman. <laughs> That's awesome. It was. It was. He was, like, all embarrassed and whatnot. And, uh, That's so awesome. Yeah, it did not get me any extra rice. <laughs> so, to continue the story, I, of course, still got greedy. Got the free breedable, still got greedy. Went to go get napkins and forks and spoons. Still took the tabasco, the, the spicy, the smoked pepper sauce. Still took the whole <laughs> Put it in my thing. Didn't get punished, though. So... Got, got greedy, did not get punished. So speaking of players who get greedy, uh, there was a t- <laughs> there was a TCG event a couple weeks ago, and you know Kai went, uh, Bianchi and Redjack went. Uh, rough rough turnout, whatever. 
But wait, so, uh, what are you talking about? They, uh, I won that. Event. No, no, the actual TCG championship. The Columbus. championship, sure. Yeah. Sure. So uh, what happened is uh, Kai Kai plays against Alex Bertoncini in his first event back right. after his ban or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he ends up beating Kai, whatever. Then uh, you know Kai's watching him play next round. The guy uh, Alex casts Serum Visions, uh, draws his card, scries two, draws his card. Yeah, and, uh, I heard about. Him. Yeah, so he uh, <laughs> so his first first event back after a big suspension, and he's already yeah. drawn two off Serum Visions. <laughs> God. It's, I can't stand it. He combines it, it, serum visions and preordain. Seems good. Yeah, yeah. Just just combines them. He combines it. Combines serum vision with a card that's literally banned in modern. Just adds just adds the card to it. Like it's so such scum. Like, like such scum. I, I just can't even get over it. It just makes me so upset. And like people are like, oh well, like he he can't possibly be cheating because it'd be so stupid if he cheated. I'm like. I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt to someone who got banned for cheating on camera multiple times. Like, <laughs> that, like, just the, complete scum. The threshold of if forgiveness has been broken. If I ever play against him in an event, I'm immediately calling a judge over, and I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the side, talk to the judge. I'm like, can you watch this match and make sure he's not cheating? Because I will, like, if I have to worry that much about him cheating, I'm going to be thrown off my game, and I don't want to have to worry about it. I want a judge there to make sure that. I don't have to worry about calling a judge because I'm sure I'm sure that he's the type of person that will will word it in a way and make it a way to make you feel bad about calling a judge or yeah like oh you just drew two off Purdain like oh sorry man uh, it won't happen again I'm like I gotta call a judge he's like bro really you're gonna call a judge there I mean I, I didn't do it on, like he's I, I I I'm I'm willing to bet that he's the type of person that would do that yeah so but, uh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, there was a random thing. Uh, it was on Reddit. Some guys went to David David Adams and played Minotaur decks. Yeah, like, like I heard seven or eight guys played Minotaur decks. You want to you want to know the sad part? What? There were three or four guys were three zero. Yeah. Someone someone oh, ended up finishing four zero. It's that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a that is a thing. I <laughs> I don't understand like why. That's that's what Reddit is. That's that's Reddit. That's the epitome of Reddit. It's like they, oh, they I did something have, really cupcakes, stupid. Though. No cupcakes. What? No cupcakes. They didn't have. I'm surprised they didn't have like Minotaur themed cupcakes. That like, that's what that's what Reddit is. Oh, look, look at this stupid thing I did at F and M. Oh, that was really stupid. Yeah, upvote ten thousand times. Okay, <laughs> whatever. That's why I don't go on Reddit that often. Just just it's a like. Hit. Yeah. Although I do, I did. I, I started this new thing I do on Reddit because people post like their pimp decks, like their foil and their like all their like sweet decks. This guy posts this legacy dredge deck. It's like ninety eight percent done. It's like all foil or like black border beta. Yeah. And I go, uh <laughs> I message on there, I go, <laughs> Nice English foils, idiot. Just burn <laughs> <laughs> 10,000 downvotes. It was awesome. <laughs> Some guy like got really mad. He was like, oh, I'd like to see your foil legacy deck. I'm like, the only card I have... He's like, I'd like to see your foil Ru- Russian deck. I go, the only card I have foil Russian is Fate for Trolled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. so people just don't get it. Yeah. Don't speaking get it. speaking have- of sweet, old, valuable cards, Vintage Championships happened. 
No one cares except our good friend Reed Duke. Yeah. Shout out to Reed Duke, top four. That's all he does is top top eight events. He's just in any format, any format. He's he's just so good. My God. Yeah. Chris Chris Pacula put it best. Reed Duke has no bad matchups. Yep. Also, uh, <laughs> shout outs. Shout outs to Jeff Pika and to Nick Narcius for uh, their event in DC. Narcius top sixty four. Legacy. Nice. Yep. Pika was in a, like a top sixty playing for top sixty four. He was doing very well. He had a I don't know. We sent four guys. We had two day two. That's not bad. Cool. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I'll take it. Wait, no, I know, uh, I know English t- day two as well. Oh yeah, English day two. Yeah, so that's three. I forgot about English. I forget, for some reason I forgot him. I know Dean had a bad run, but that happens. Your feast or famine in, in legacy for the most part. Well, I think he was playing. Uh, I think he was playing Storm, not uh, Stoneblade. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Jokes, true name Nemesis, man. True name is like the real deal. I'm glad I picked up my one. Oh, I'm gonna need more probably. <laughs> um, yeah. What else is going? Oh, yeah. I am apparently like the guy now. Like I. This story is amazing. This story is amazing. Let's hear it. So I uh, was playing F and M. I uh, I went to uh, David Adams because it was close to uh, close to our work. I brought my brother. Um, okay. My brother gets there late, right? Uh huh. Um, I, I throw him a like I literally just like throw him a deck, right? Never seen it before. Okay. He's, he's on like three F and Ms in his life, right? Okay. Um, he plays, wins round one, loses round two. So it's like he's playing like Esper Control. Like this is this is not like a, a noob deck, right? So okay. plays Esper Control, wins round one, loses round two. Um, wins round three, and then round four he gets paired against some guy, right? Ends up losing. Is it, uh, it's Mike Leader, isn't it? It is Mike Leader. Yes. Have you <laughs> heard the story? Yeah, Joe Steet told me the story yes. yesterday. Yes. Much hate for Joe Steet for reference. <laughs> He hate, still hate, has hate. he still has a negative negative one shoutouts in the bank. Yes, negative one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so apparently uh, my brother ended up losing because my brother is new to Magic and uh, so forth. I never played that. Yeah, doesn't really. Yeah, you know, just, just was given a deck goes two and two. But uh, Mike Leader felt as though. Um, 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 what did he say? What did he say? I gotta, gotta get it. I, do, I know what it is. Do you want me to say it? Or do you want? <laughs> if you got it all, you go for it. Okay, so this is what I heard from Josie. He said, so Mike Leader wins, and he goes, looks like Dunker. Slam Dunkler, Dunkler, Slam Dunkler Jr. just got Slam Dunkler, Yeah, Slam Dunkler Jr. just got dunkled. Like, <laughs> what? Is, like, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, you know, you know, like, we were talking about how, how to, to quantify how good you are. If, yeah. if your best win, if your trash-talking win is to beat the brother of an awful <laughs> magic podcaster. Come on. <laughs> and it's like third F and M for the rubbins. Yeah. That's like that's like that's like game day champion play, Matt. Not even. Not even <laughs> Not even, yeah. Versus worse. <laughs> oh, I need to add a new tier I need to add a new tier of awful to game day or to the, the game day champion play Matt tier list. Yeah, what's that? He, the promo playmat for pre-registering for a uh, Harry Tarantula PTQ playmat is oh, actually in the same level as anim- anime playmat. I'll take your word for it. It's terrible. It's it's like their font is like purposely like the same font as Naruto. It's like this like really crappy anime like like samurai guy fighting a tarantula. It's like the worst playmat I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's that bad. And, uh, oh, speaking of terrible playmats, 
at the uh, the GPT at David Adams last week that uh, I think some 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 random dude that's like really good at Magic won. Were there like uh, eight players there or something? Ten people, but some some like limited All Star champion won that event. I don't, Shout I don't outs to Dan Stella. <laughs> it was not in fact Dan Stella, um, but there were two game day champion play mats there. Just saying. I, I got to say, I one. <laughs> Dan, Dan Stella, your brother is—he did the playmat for Toronto. I heard. I think he did. is that correct? He did. And he's going to he be did. in Toronto. Can 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 oh. you <clears throat> go ahead? Two two things about Dan Stella's brother and Dan Stella. Uh, well, finish what you're going to say, and then I'll I'll bring it back. I I got to say, Dan Stella, you, we should try to do some dinner with your brother. Give us some shout-outs with him. Maybe have him on our stupid little podcast. And if we could, we if we could be like behind like the artist thing when he's doing signings that and stuff, cool. that would be cool. Act like we actually yeah, like we're important or something. Yeah. Shout outs to sleep. Sweet. Yes. Shout outs to sleep, Dan Stella. <laughs> okay, so uh two things. Uh oh crap, I froze. Oh, Dan Stella's brother also did the art for yes. drum roll, please. Colossus, but even more importantly, True Name Nemesis. He did? Yep. He did the art for True Name Nemesis. Dan Stella, uh, this is what you got to do right here. This is it. I got it. I got it up. I just, I just see dollar signs left and right. Make sure <laughs> does not sign any True Name Nemesis, just one. Just one. Yeah. Have him only ever sign one and put it on eBay. And, and have it be shout-outs to the Dunklers. Shout-outs to the Dunklers. Dunkler. A True Name Dunkler... Uh, nemesis. Oh my god. I like okay, nemesis. the other thing, which is actually really cool that we found out on the way to the Toronto PTQ, you know the, the picture for Colossus of Argos or whatever it is? The, yeah. The playmat? No lie, Dan Stella actually modeled for that picture. Are you serious? I am 100% serious. He, his brother was home uh, for like a holiday or something, uh, some amount of time ago and his brother asked him to stand there with like a uh a toilet paper roll or something like stand in this pose and that was for the colossus so dan stella is the art for the toronto playmat that is awesome yeah that's really cool what he's got to do is he's got to use that for intimidation every time he uh he plays a guy like hey nice playmat you want me to sign it big who are you i'm the guy yeah. modeling for it no, what he does, don't even ask. Just pull out a sharpie and sign it on the guy. Just sign it. Yeah, just, just preemptively. Just sign it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that happened and all that stuff. That um, did I think I'm out of my topics. You got anything to talk about? Are there uh, any viewer questions? Any any live listener questions? Yeah, uh, my my chat is frozen, so I can't see any of it. But Joe Shea should be able to. <laughs> Dan, Dan Stella model with a wrapping paper roll, not a toilet paper. Wrapping roll. paper roll. There we go. Not as exciting. That makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot more sense uh, size wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my chat is, uh, is is lagging out. I'm not even seeing anyone in the chat. Yeah. No one's listening. <laughs> That's fine. I, I I'm sure that if Scott had internet access right now, he'd be listening right now. Yes. Ah, okay. Skybiz, I do have a question. I have a question. Go ahead. While we're waiting for the question, um, 
So yeah. Oh, the I remembered who won that GPT. It was uh oh, it was me. <laughs> and casually after we we have a segment about how you shouldn't brag about winning a GPT, I absolutely still do. Ten person, gotta do it. <laughs> gotta congratulations on your first GPT win, John. Whoa, whoa. Second? Second? Second GPT win. I won first? uh GPT for Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which reminds me, I need to I need to message Blaine to make sure he actually got my room. Probably not. I I mean I messaged him before and he's like, oh yeah, I'm doing it right now, blah blah blah, making sure price shopping, etc. etc. I guarantee it's not done. <laughs> I guarantee it's not being done right now. But so uh, yeah, when when are you going up to Toronto? Probably Friday. Friday, what what time? Like early, later? Uh, it kind of depends on uh, well, I don't know. Probably earlier. I don't know. It depends on when I can get into my room. But, okay, we've got a question. I've been playing uh, – this is from Skybiz on Twitch. Thank you. Shout out to Skybiz. Uh, please follow the channel and also follow the Slam Dunklers. Um, okay, like so, us on Facebook. Go for 200 likes. Like us on Facebook. Go for, no, no, for 200. No, we, we, we want 101 likes. We want 101. We're going for 101 first. Okay. So the question is, I've been playing for about a year now. Last FNM was the first week I played colors other than green-white. I played Rakdos. Typically, I've been 4-0, 3-1, no problem with Selesnya for months. This includes two game day wins as well. Ooh, game day champion. Uh, as a new Rakdos player, how do I deal with red deck wins in standard? Um, so, I'm not 100% familiar with the Rakdos deck. I'm assuming that you're just playing the one that won the GP um, the what? like red black uh, Exava that that deck. Um, when you say red deck wins, there's there's currently at least two, maybe yeah, three red that, decks in the format. There's the all in red, and then there's like a devotion kind of uh, oh, like the mono red devotion. Dragons, Rakdos, and Rakdos returns. Yeah. Okay, so is it it's it, it's like a Rakdos control deck. Kind of, I guess like maybe a grid range, mid range or something. I, I feel All like right. if you have a lot of spot removal, their their small guys aren't going to get in there, and it allows you to stabilize at three or four with uh, desecration demons and you know other uh, you know dudes that are more aggressively costed than than what the red deck plays because the red deck stuff is generally X ones, X twos, and then reckoners at X threes. So all you can do is just one for one with. You know, Doom Blades, you can play some Heroes Downfalls, Devour Flesh. Just kill their first couple plays, and then you just slam a Desecration Demon, and they can't get through it. Yeah. yeah. The other, there's two cards that I think you should sideboard if you're worried about red deck wins and you're playing a mid-range or control deck. Anger of the Gods, very, very Anger good of the against gods is a Mono Red. And if you're really worried about the early beatdowns, uh, Farika's Cure. That's another good card against them. Kill yep. their guy, gain two life. It's like, it puts them so far behind uh, you can also, a lot of those decks are playing Madcap skills now, um, so you can really, uh, you can blow them out if they, with with Madcap skills. Yeah, Anger is fantastic against... Uh, Chandra's Phoenix. Yeah, Chandra's Phoenix is one of their better cards. It kills that. It kills, it kills, it kills every single one of their creatures, and it gets rid of Chandra's Phoenix forever. Yeah, yeah, Anger of the Gods. The 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 thing about Anger of the Gods is that you need to build your deck in a way that Anger of the Gods isn't also good against you. And if you're running the dragons and demons, um <clears throat> it seems like that's what you're gonna want. Uh yeah. 
Anger of the Gods seems like the perfect fit for you, man. Yeah. Um... Um, it's also extremely good against a lot of other decks, so if you can make your deck... Uh, yeah. If you can make if your deck is resilient to anger the gods itself, then that seems it may depending on what you think the meta is going to be like, it might even be a decent uh, main deck option. Honestly, yeah, it's I, really not that bad. I mean, anger is good against deck. a lot of aggro decks, and if you're playing like a mid range deck, you want to just get through, you know, those first few turns because if you're playing cards like Rakdos Return, you're probably you're doing decent against control. I'm assuming Thoughtseize or Duress or some combination of that mm-hmm. from the control decks. So if you do have anger. Yeah. You know, you should be able to just survive, and that's really what yeah. I do. It's also really good against the red green uh, decks and the mono red devotion deck because they play out all those two drops, the burning tree mysteries, the the mana dudes, and you can just wipe out like three or four guys with that. Yeah, I and it's also good against voice if you're playing against green white or Naya. Uh, it's fleece it's main, fleece lion, main lion, Boon before Seder. it gets monstrous, Boon Seder. Yeah, I think that is absolutely the card you're looking for, sir. And this has been uh, Deck Doctor, Bukali <laughs> Woods. Uh, I'm going to down some, some Tabasco sauce. <laughs> gonna cup Actually, check some... Tabasco sauce, had it on scene, got there. Gonna, gonna <laughs> check someone, gonna eat salsa, oh god. I actually have the Tabasco sauce. <clears throat> A little bit harder than I thought. Oh, speaking of... <clears throat> <coughs> Why did I actually drink it? Why couldn't I have just made it look like I was drinking it? I know. We got another <laughs> question. You guys just well, death well, followed. Oh, worth it. Well, well, John's down. Um, Hold on. I, I, I see Dos, I Dos Santini. I, uh, yeah, favorite card in standard. But I'm no sir. Oh, so, I, oh, wow. We have one female viewer. Nice. Hold on. I've got a, a side story that kind of has to do with uh, Tabasco sauce before we, we answer Dos Santini, or, uh, Don Santini's question. That's actually Josh uh, Horton's cousin. It's who? Josh Horton's cousin. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I, uh, I've i been Neil, living with, with Neil LaFort and, uh, and other Neil uh neil turco i've been kind of uh living the like scavenger life like looking for value everywhere i bought uh 20 packages of guacamole today for 20 25 cents a piece so i've got a lot of guac (laughs) (laughs) so if you like guac you can come over and and have some guac and chips (laughs) and also i guess i just randomly have on cue tabasco sauce (laughs) So, John, favorite card in standard. Um, favorite to play or favorite, to, I guess, favorite that exists? I guess that's the question. I guess my favorite card to play right now is, uh, I, I got to go with Sphinx's Revelation. I, I like the card a lot. It It's just very powerful, affecting in a standard format. Uh, with, a, with a smaller card pool, you can just draw so many cards, instant speed. You just got to make sure you live long enough, unfortunately. Um, the decks are getting faster. Esper mana base is not the greatest. If you play blue-white, it's you're kind of hurting on threats. But Sphinx Rev is just one of the most objectively powerful cards that exist right now. And I will be yeah. playing it for... you know, until it rotates. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, my vote uh, is going to have to be Master of Waves. Um, 
but and it's not just because I have foil ones and I'm priced into playing them forever um, <laughs> in all formats. <laughs> it's also because the card is actually insane. Um, definitely uh, underestimated it when it came out. Uh, I, there's probably a clip of me somewhere bashing it, or I I, I definitely said. Oh, why is this card mythic? Yeah, once you play with the card, you realize, you realize why it's mythic. And it's uh, mana for four power, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Is is already quite uh, a deal. Then when you when you combine it with cards that have triple blue in the cost, or Frost really getting, yeah, getting any other guys is insane. And not to mention, not to mention the fact that it just randomly has pro red and can't and like just gets free wins against mono red. Like that's just, it's just actually insane. Almost insane is the amount of heat I'm feeling in the back of my throat because this Tabasco sauce is, might actually be fire. <laughs> I'm actually dying right now. Yeah, blind obedience is I solid. I wish I had pro red. I, uh, I wish I had. John's going to die. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll uh, do yeah, another segment. What can John eat on camera for you? Uh, well. Collingwood salsa challenge. I've got I've got some wasabi almonds. I could eat those. Save it for the next got, episode, John. Can't run over material. I toasted almonds. I've got a bunch of garbage on my floor. I could probably eat. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll throw out the last call for questions uh, as we're answering um, this or talking about blind obedience. Yeah, blind obedience is a, a card that uh, when I first saw it, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really really good. Um, just like seeing it, like extort is already a pretty sweet mechanic. I was playing Esper at the time. Uh, then it kind of went on the back burner for a little bit. Um, I was playing Nia Blitz and, uh, when I really got turned on to this card, I was playing Nia Blitz in a, a daily and I was, I was three Oh, I ended up playing against the man, the myth, the legend, uh, who just, the guy who actually just top aided, uh, DC, Mr. Andrew Cunio. I was playing him, he's playing Esper, and he plays Blind Obedience on turn two, and I'm like, I can't reasonably beat this card. (laughs) (laughs) It literally did 20 damage to me. Every single point of damage was done with Blind Obedience. Um, And it turned all my haste guys off, it made my nut draws, like, not a reality, Uh, and, you know, in in the hands of a, a very, very skilled player, uh, the Esper deck is really good, and Blind Obedience just, like, really turned off. I think um, in order for it to really be good, you need to have a, uh, a – I think it's at, at its best in a control deck. Um, I think you'd rather just play the uh, the 2-1 guy that does the same thing. Imposing if you're playing Sovereign. A, a creature deck. Imposing Sovereign. I think you'd rather just play that if you're playing a creature deck. Um, but uh, if you're, like, in a control deck – it's quite good, but you really need the format to have a bunch of haste guys yeah. or to get value off the come to play tapped ability. Cause just extorting for two mana is not good enough. Usually <clears throat> hey, extort just seems to be just not strong enough for standard right now. It's not, um, if the format gets really grindy, it's quite good, but like the decks are just doing things that are way too powerful and you're not usually grinding out that much. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that mechanic's just going to be like proliferate. You're just not going to see much of it, and you know it'll go away, and people forget about it. Yeah, it'll be on the fringe. Uh, it's still a, like a fine sideboard option. 
Um, yeah, the problem with with playing um, Sky uh, Skybiz, the problem with playing um, uh, Blind Obedience over Imposing Sovereign and say the uh, the mono white deck is uh, you need the body. You need the body going going like that deck is all about uh, curving out and and tempoing. You, you, you like you tempo yourself out if you go turn two, play a blind obedience pass. Even if you played a one drop, you're you're much better off <clears throat> going one drop, one drop creature, two drop creature, three drop creature, or like one drop creature, two drop creature, you know, a one drop and a two drop, or like a, a removal spell or something. Like you don't you don't want to spend the turn, uh, even though it doesn't you impact might, the board much. Even though you might get the damage back over the course of the game. Uh, like if you extort, you know, in later turns, you might get that damage that you missed in the beginning of the game over the course of the game. That's just not the strategy for a lot of those decks. Uh, and a lot of times, like the mono white deck is not going to um, is not going to pull through um, if it goes to the late game. And if you're in a if you're in a racing situation against a, an aggressive deck, you also don't want to. Uh, you don't want to wait that much. I mean, it does allow you to race better because you end up gaining life as well, but uh, the mana in that deck is pretty tight, so you don't always have a lot of extra mana to pay to extort, and you'd rather just be swinging for two while your opponent's creatures come to play tapped uh, than, you know, not. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. I mean, it's possible that Blind Obedience might see play in, in some deck. I don't think an aggressive deck is where it yeah. wants to be, though. That's just the same problem with uh, Legion's Initiative. You know, it pumps your red guys, and it just it doesn't do enough, though. It's You're missing a, a turn two drop for something that you might get value on over time, but at the same time, it allows the slower decks to stabilize at a higher life total. So, you know, you're not getting to a point where you can just grind out for the last few. You have to grind out for seven or eight instead of three or four. And they're not dead, right. you know, like a War Leader's Helix or, uh, you know, some mm-hmm. Bolt variant or Incinerate variant, whatever is in standard right now. And you know, yeah. you're in a position where like, okay, I can take three, and then I'll just I'll sphinx for five, and you know, I'm okay. But, yeah, I, I think the pro- oh, like probably the biggest problem with Legion's Initiative is that it pumps, it doesn't pump the white creatures in the front. Yeah, and I think a lot of the white creatures are better. Um, the mono red deck, obviously, like the mono red deck, if you're playing a red aggressive deck, your game plan is not revolving around playing a bunch of like good value dudes and then playing an anthem and, and swinging in for like one extra more one more where the mono white deck kind of is like that yeah um which is why it plays spear of heliod um as the uh, the glorious anthem the red deck is more just like i want to play, play all my cards as quick cheapest, as possible fastest dudes and count the 20 as fast as possible burn you out uh get value off of you know the fanatic amogus yeah. rebuy my chandra's phoenix's attack real quick um, it's not going to gain a lot of value off of having that, plus uh, yeah. the plus one on all your guys. Yeah, it's um, almost better to just go Burning Tree, uh, Firefish Striker, as opposed to right. Legion's Initiative. <clears throat> yep, plus you can't even Legion's Initiative off of Burning Tree Emissary. Exactly. But I mean, another it, thing is, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, yeah, like, I had a discussion with someone about uh, a Fire Drinker Seder. And they said the card's awful, and they didn't understand that, you know, in the red deck, you don't need a card that is amazing game-changing. You need two power on turn one, and that's why they play Rakdos yep. Cackler, and that's why they play Fire Drinker. Like, the downside of Fire, Fire Drinker... Drinker's actually insane in that deck. Fire Drinker's amazing, but 
people make the mistake of assuming Fire Drinker, well, when it takes damage, I take damage too. So if they block it with a 3-3, I take 3 and, you know, the guy dies. Uh, the, big, mm-hmm. the big point of that, that card is to just play it turn 1, play something turn 2, just get in as much as you can, as quick as you can. So by the time they play a 3-3 tur- mm-hmm. three, three on turn 3, they're already at 14 or 12, and then you can, you know, swing in with 3 or 4 guys next turn and put them to like 5. And if your guy, right. Fire Drinker, dies, you take 3, who cares? You're at 17 and you're at 5. Like, you're not playing a grindy game when you're the red deck. You know, you're like, right. you have to use your life total as a resource. And a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, a lot of standard players especially, they don't realize that life total is a resource. And like, Yeah, that's a, that's a really big thing to learn as a new player. Yeah. And it also kind of segues into uh, a Ryan, Ryan has been playing the mono white deck, um, the mono white aggro deck. White, yep. And, uh, People always, like, I see him playing that, and people are like, oh, Ryan, why are you playing that deck? That deck's so easy to play. All you do is turn guys sideways, blah, blah, blah. And people say the same thing about Mono Red, and I'm like, the people that play, that 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 think that the Mono Red deck or the Mono White deck is just an easy deck to play because you, you're a, an aggressive deck are the people that go 2-2 every week yeah. and that just don't understand. Um, they just don't understand that, like, if you don't maximize your damage, if you don't maximize your spells, if you attack in the wrong order, if you play the guys in the wrong order, you're you're missing out on damage. And you know, people are like, "Oh, my deck, I lost. I was at one life. My opponent top deck, and was so lucky." I'm like, "No, you you go back. You watch the replay of that game. If like if you could, you watch the replay of that game. I will show you where you missed two points of damage, yeah. where you attacked incorrectly." where you made a poor block, where you traded where you shouldn't have traded, where you didn't trade where you should have traded. Where you um, used your burn spells in the wrong order, and you used your removal where in the you, order. Where you, yeah, where you could have gotten more value out of your creature if you would have used a removal spell. Yeah. Where there's, there's so many different things um, that, over the course of the game, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, I, I think... they, they, they add up, especially in a deck where you need to add up. It doesn't yeah. matter. People, people are like, oh... You know, I, I I only won my I, I was at one life and I won. You know, I barely won. I'm like, yeah. You realize those are the best games to win because those the close one. If you win the close ones, that's great. If you win every game at one life, that's fine. Yeah, because that means you won every game. <laughs> yeah, I think like a, a big issue is that red deck. It's it's generally a cheap deck to build, so a lot of newer players play it, and a lot of inexperienced players play it. And what happens is you will lose to bad players playing red because. It has a decent amount of forgiveness. It has nut draws. Yep. Yes, it has nut draws, and it has a lo- it has a lot of live top decks. Because when you're when you're at four, or three, or two, you know they've got you know eight, at least eight to ten cards in their deck, if not more. They just rip off the top and get you. And you know it's yep. awful that it happens, and it's frustrating, and you want to quit Magic. But the big thing is that you know the bad red deck players do poorly in bigger tournaments, and. Yep. If you notice, if you see people who play mono red at bigger events and do well, they're generally good players because they understand how to play the deck. They understand mm-hmm. combat math very well. They understand how to, you know, how to play to the routes. They understand all the the little subtle things that the average player, you know, doesn't always think about. Yep. So, I, I actually uh, this a perfect example of of this happened uh, actually on Friday at F and M. So I was watching uh, ga- the original game day champion himself, Alex Bianchi. Shout out to Alex Bianchi. Yes. Uh, he was playing a, a blue-white-red control deck. Probably the least surprising thing I could have said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> against a red-black aggro player. And uh, so they go to... Uh, you know, Bianchi wins game one. Uh, I don't remember how he wins. Uh, game two, the red-black aggro guy's on the, on the play. He played 
suboptimally, but you know, he was on the play. He had the extra turn. He ripped uh, like a lightning strike to kill Bianchi after he stabilized or something. Game three, uh, Bianchi is on the back foot. He's playing a ton of shock lands and coming to play. Uh, he's playing, he's playing four colors worth of scry lands in his three color deck. Yep. He's playing a bunch of off color scry lands. Um, so like his deck's kind of slow, but once he stabilizes, he's good. So the red, black aggro player, if I, if, if I were in his, his feet or in his spot, shoes, I'm pretty feet, sure not feet. his spot, shoes, feet, you know, whatever. If I was in, if I was in him, if I was in that red, black egg, oh wait, no, that sounds even worse. Damn it. I can't get <laughs> out of this. If, if I was in his shoes, I think I could have, uh, ended up squeaking out the victory against Alex, but, uh, things, the, the way that the red, black aggro player played, it played right into Alex, um, getting as much value as he needed to end up winning. Um, I better drink more Tabasco. <laughs> uh, he, the red black aggro player has like three guys on board. Alex is stuck on lands. Uh, he's got two mana open. He had to shock himself to leave up Azorius Charm. And the red black aggro player plays Madcap Skills. I'm like, if if Madcap Skills is any other creature there, he had another creature in his hand as he played it post combat. If he would have just played another creature and attacked, or just attacked and played another creature, he would have been so much better because Alex had to. He, Alex had to use the Azorius Charm anyway to buy the turn. Yep. Um, so just giving him the extra card off of that is insane. And then another thing, another thing happened where like Alex got another card's worth of value out of his Azorius Charm or maybe it was another spell that he just didn't have any business getting. And like a more experienced player just plays around that stuff, especially because Alex doesn't play Madcap to begin with. Well, Madcap skills is all right in that deck for like a couple of reasons, but it's not, not, not good not in that into, matchup. Not into Azorius Charm Mana. Not in not in that matchup for sure. It definitely should not have been in his deck after game one. Yeah. Um. But th- like those sorts of things are how like the red deck and like the aggressive decks in general can. Uh, it's the difference between winning and losing because I think the red deck black aggro deck that draw if you just like relook at how the hands play out, uh, the red black aggro deck ends up winning, but. Playing suboptimally, not maximizing mana, opening yourself up to two for once for no reason, just allows the control deck to really exploit the you know play errors and uh, inherent flaws of creature enchantments and stuff like that. And you know that's it, it was a perfect example of how you can you know not maximizing your plays can really uh, punish you. Yeah, I uh, yeah I gotta say just if you it comes back to the whole. The aggro deck player, it requires more skill than people assume. And, you know, knowing it's, like, people always say control decks, yeah, you need to know all the other decks you're playing against and, you know, how to interact with them. The aggro decks need to know what decks they're playing against to know what they can play and what they can't. So it's a, you know, it, it goes both ways. You know, had he yeah. been aware of these Azorius Charms, he would have taken out Madcaps for another guy or another burn spell. And he would have been playing well, it into Azorius Charms. It was also all the other removal. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, like, yeah, D spheres are there, but you know, at the same time, like, you can, you can, if he's tapped out or he doesn't have the mana for a charm, you can always put a Madcap on there, get an Artifact for three, and mm-hmm. treat it as though it was like a lightning bolt. And if you yeah. you get more value out of it, great. If not, you know, so be it. But yeah, uh, yeah. I wish we had uh, some more experienced red deck player here. 
but possibly Eric Zinsky or Bob Martin. Yeah, but, I was about to say shout outs to Bob <clears throat> Martin, but yep. not here. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's a pretty decent stream for the first for the first uh, first live stream. Yeah, you think maybe uh, if we're free next week, we can try to do it again. Maybe get some more viewers and all that. Yeah, I think we can definitely uh, set this up to actually uh, you know be more of an event. We just kind of did this on a whim. Uh, I was streaming on a whim, and then Joe messaged me. I'm like, oh sweet, let's just do the cast on on Twitch. Be pretty sweet. But uh. Yeah, if you guys have any uh, questions or suggestions for the stream, for the for the podcast, uh, you know, just let us know. You can either let us know on – well, I guess you can let me know on my, uh, yeah, on Facebook, probably the best place to go. Like us on um, Facebook. You can send, like us on Facebook. You can send me a personal message on Twitch or Facebook. Um, yeah, uh, this was a, you know, learning experience. Uh, for sure, I think it went pretty well. We I, we got about three more questions than I was expecting. You know, <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah, so, I think it uh, yeah. they went pretty well. You know, definitely uh, you know, definitely a learning experience. I think we could you know stream maybe uh, you know, get the word out there a little bit earlier so people be aware of it. If we can aim for maybe, you know, same time next week or, you know, do like a set time if we can both be free, that'd be pretty convenient. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll hash out the details. Do we have any uh, we have any closing notes, Joe? I don't think so. Uh, no real events coming up for the next couple of weeks. So until Toronto. Yeah, Grand Prix Toronto is coming up in a couple of weeks. So uh, oh, there's a uh, there's a PTQ in Albany. I know some people are going yeah. on that. Yeah, I was thinking about it. But it's way too it's too much of an investment. Yeah, it's like a six hour drive. It's hard. Yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, no real news, I guess. Uh, I'm in talks with someone about some big stuff. I will share that next week. Ooh. Uh, hopefully some stuff happens. I will let everyone know about it. But we will go from there. So I think that's pretty much it. All right, sweet. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully you liked it. Hopefully uh... – oh, uh, Dan Stella, lunch if tomorrow if you want to. Just stop by my office. <laughs> Because yeah. it'll be, like, uh, be like me and Kai and like Scotty, we go to like Wegmans or like the landing or whatever. So having someone yeah. else, you know, very take... easily, very easily could have just waited like two seconds nope. till we ended the podcast day. Nope. <laughs> Can't do it. Nope. All right. So uh, to alienate last... the other three listeners. Yeah. Make them last excluded. Thing. Last thing. <laughs> shout oh. outs. Shout outs to Skybiz. Uh, I think a first time listener uh, asked a question. I'm. I think it's a she because they said not a he. But uh, you know, shout out to Skybiz for asking the question. Shout out to Don Santini uh, for asking the question. Shout outs to Spherical Dan, aka uh, oh god, I can't remember. Oh Dan Topliff. Uh, sounded like a she. Yeah. Shout out to Dan Topliff for being awesome. Shout out to Dan Stella for being shout awesome. Shout outs to uh, Alex Bianchi. Shout outs to Scott, yeah. <laughs> our number one listener. Scott, we'll give him some notice. Fan. Shout out. We, we have a number two fan as well. Ooh who. Uh, Rob Palmer. He, he Rob plays, Palmer. Okay. Robbie Palmer. He plays at David Adams. He uh, always comments on the podcast, talks to me about him, lets me know what he likes, things right. like that. So, so we got another fan here. So we uh, doing it up. Ooh, I, I know he wants a us. A little fan rivalry. I know. He's a uh, shout out to you're damn right. Shout out to Chipotle. Shout out to Chipotle. Yes. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yes. Shout out to Chipotle. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We will uh, hopefully be doing this next week. Yes. Uh, yeah, get a hold of us. Uh, thanks, John. It was a blast. It's fun doing it live. Yeah, it's so yeah. much easier, too, you know.
Yeah. And you know, best well, I gotta, because we're known for our, our, our lack of uh, actual outros. I can actually do yeah, graphics. I can actually do graphics yeah. now, and you can use those for the uh, the stream thing. So Ooh. I used to do graphics again. Ooh, I like it. I like I know, it. I'm pumped. I, I miss doing those graphics. The graphics were, I don't want to say the best thing, but I'd be lying if I was saying that they weren't the best thing about the podcast. <laughs> yeah, gonna, um, I'll, I'll post all this on uh, MTG Cast, so we will hopefully. Um, yeah, do you want to aim for uh, nine on Sunday? I can look me list another time and tentatively nine. Yeah, I, Have I them check the Facebook that page if they want. But yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Later. Uh, good cast. Rock on. All right, man. See ya. Later.